So, do you want me to re-ask the question, or you just want to move from there? It's April, and I am the bull. And I'm Vanessa, the badger. And you have reached The Bull and the Badger, a podcast where Asian American culture and mental health intersect. Mouth sounds and hilarity ensue. <laughs> it's also... <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Everybody turned their, their headphones off. They were like, what? This is also, also Alfo, an offshoot of the Laundromat documentary, and more on that later. Yay. So what are we talking about, Vanessa, today? Today, uh, April came up with something called Flow. And she, I, did, I didn't come up with Flow. Well, the topic. She was like, let's do something called Flow. And I saw that on my text message. I was like, what is that? And I was thinking Mighty Wind, like Sure Flow. Have you seen that? No. It's, well, I, I don't remember. It has to do with being regular. <laughs> Sure flow, sure flow. Yeah, if anybody's a Christopher Guest fan, they totally got that and they're laughing. April's just laughing because it's weird. But uh, yeah, so can you talk to us a little bit about flow? Well, flow is... The name of this girl you know. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Well, how about examples of flow? Do you have an example, Vanessa? You know what flow is? It's a I, roundabout way of defining this topic, but let's go with our little anecdotes. Well, then I'll just run out of stories. It's fine. Um, <laughs> basically, I think uh, for me, uh, the moment that I knew I loved filmmaking was when I was in the editing room and I would spend eight hours and I would look up and be like, oh, it's nighttime. Is it really eight hours of like continuous work or are you yeah. like messing around? No, no, no. Like you just really focus. Like one thing leads to the next you're just like boom 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 and then this and that and then you watch back and then you watch back and you're like okay now what do i do and um i think i'd never had that experience before it doesn't happen very often in your life but that's when something clicks for For you you. maybe what oh not to be distracted (laughs) i said for you maybe oh maybe just kidding sort of no kidding not kidding no no, no. so I, it, it was an enjoyable like time was flo- like flying by yeah and... it's just like a time of focus and that 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 might be where that doesn't happen very often for me <laughs> like uh, but um you're working on something really hard and sweating you know you know blood over it but then you're enjoying yourself at the same time and uh you ready to go to the definition or should we talk about what you have experienced with flow as in regularity <laughs> twice a day no just kidding um i i would say the biggest area that i reach flow in if that makes any sense whatsoever um is cooking oh i like yes zone out or zone in 
you know, either one of those, I guess, works. For the kill? <laughs> exactly. And I can just, like, spend an entire day just cooking and cooking and cooking. That's why I enjoy, wow. like, having people over and cooking for them. Mm-hmm. Not so much their company or even whether they enjoy the food or like, not. Like, don't talk to me. Exactly. Like, <laughs> when I cook, like, I cook alone. Like, I don't really like to have other people around me unless they're doing something else, like their own thing, you know? Yeah. But, like, I don't want someone, like, what, should, what, you know, what do you want me to chop for you or whatever? And I'm like, get out of my face. Is what I want. Oh, <laughs> let me do the thing that I do in the kitchen so well. Yeah. Boom. And everything's like, it's just, it's, it's like a symphony of like different parts happening all at once and I can time everything perfectly. Are you saying you're a maestro? <laughs> exactly. I'm a maestro. Um, I don't know. No, you know what? That makes complete sense. Like I'll just start cutting and you're doing these things and you're like, one task flows into the next and then you have this beautiful product that you're like especially like especially (laughs) especially um proud of um yeah like and i always cook too much which is part of the reason why you invite people over right yeah and one of the reasons why i wanted to cook for you today thank you because i wanted to sort of like spark that feeling and oh. so they could talk about it see there's a method i didn't really care about feeding you <laughs> i wanted to try a new recipe i didn't want to eat it entirely myself you're welcome the whole world <laughs> thanks you because now <laughs> now they're gonna be gifted with this podcast because one your heart's singing because you made delicious wings and my heart's singing because i have wings right? <laughs> like boom like, but I think that that's one thing about flow. Like exactly what you said is that like you have a level of pride because like it taps into something that you're good at and that you have, you know, to a certain extent mastered in some way and that you have confidence that there's a difficult thing to, you know, to work on, but you have the skills to get through it. Mm-hmm. So. And that's the cool thing that I liked about the definitions that you were like showing me because not regularity, but this thing that you enjoy and you get lost in the moment, but there also has to be this, uh, this idea of challenge, mm-hmm. like that you're overcoming something that there's, um, difficulty in reaching the goal, but then the actual journey towards that thing, you know, you mixing butter <laughs> with molasses, with sriracha, <laughs> with whatever else was in there, you know, wing sauce. Yeah. For the wings. Magic, you know, whatever. <laughs> making it happen <laughs> so why don't i like talk about uh, you, you don't want to introduce our guest or... yeah let's do that okay okay why yeah. don't you do it Vanessa? okay well let me introduce john wayne <laughs> nabori <laughs> <laughs> and he's currently holding his mic like a gun because he's a gunslinger and he Hence actually <laughs> yeah exactly no he's it's a shoot 'em up at this point. Um, and uh, the wild, wild west of po- podcast recordings, <laughs> podcasts, <laughs> of recordings. Um, and uh, he's here as uh, he's April's friend, first of all, and now my friend because he showed me the ways of how to make GarageBand better. We were friends. We before. are friends. Yeah, but you're like even better friends now. Oh, great. Now you're BFFs. Now I'm a useful friend. <laughs> <laughs> Which I only want useful friends. The rest of you can leave with the following names I am now calling out. Oh, wow. Please turn off. Yeah, your podcast record. got really real. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we keep it, though. It's, it's always real here. Well, John is not only a fantastic friend, but he is also a amazing 
an amazing audio engineer slash sound designer slash composer for many different things sound guru sound guru that's the name that encompasses all it's that. gonna be really embarrassing if this podcast ends up sounding worse than the other ones <laughs> it's gonna be a reflection of my whole life <laughs> whoa this is your Lots opus sir <laughs> let's not put it there because i probably messed it up by having all those reflections <laughs> but like mulan kind of reflection <laughs> Why bring do we it, always have to talk Bringing about- it back to the Asian American. <laughs> I'm always bringing it back. And it's an opportunity to sing, but I won't do it. Go for it. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Because we're talking about John. I was just watching a little bit of Mulan, like, a couple days ago, randomly. Why? Uh, it was on at someone's place. And I was, like, laughing a lot. <laughs> it was like, it was, I had forgotten how funny it was, I guess. Are you, are you singing? No, she's providing background music, oh, okay. which we'll never be able to take out of the recording unless we take this whole section out. We could duck it. I win. We'll put reverb on it. It'll sound great. It'll be, It'll be really ethereal. Watch out. I think I did pretty good until the last note. No, anyway. you did fine. You I did think fine. the whole thing was perfect. I wish that you would do it for the whole rest of the podcast. Except that I couldn't hear John. <laughs> That's probably the one thing yeah. that was like a bit of a oh, bummer. Like, they're still going. And the, the really important <laughs> subject of why I was watching Mulan and what I thought of the movie as an adult. It, our was podcast so was going to turn on that moment. <clears throat> like it was going to, something was going to break. It doesn't matter. What I saw it. it. It was great. Was I guess. No, I saw like 10 minutes of it. <laughs> no, it was... Why do you think it was so great? No, was, I, I was just we laughing more than I thought that I was going to. Why were you laughing? Because the jokes were funny. Oh, I thought you were laughing like... Ugh. Oh, you like cheesy? Uh, ugh. Ugh. No, actually, Mulan. you know what it was? Is that when Mulan came out, that's who I was. I was like at the exact age where it was like, oh, Disney movies. Ugh. Oh, yeah. really? But then like like people come around and they like, oh, yeah, Disney movies are actually good in a way. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like when you get it to a certain age in your teens or whatever, then you're like, oh, Disney movies, that's kid stuff. Like, oh. you know... I don't know. You never felt like that? You never felt like that? I think her Not love really. is unadulterated. What about like... I never... mean, there was a moment when there were like maybe like five, ten years when I wasn't really watching Disney movies. But... And, and for us, it kind of coincided with like kind of a like a lesser like a, a part of where disney was not making movies that were so huge like right. emperor's new groove and hunchback yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. although hunchback is supposed to be really good i just still it's, haven't seen it yeah, because i was too cool cute, so. is that it that's why you didn't be a part of the disney prince review does everybody remember the... my disney prince review idea <laughs> oh no <laughs> i do i have two disney ideas number one sleep pods so you can take a nap perfect what land would they be in? Oh, Tomorrowland. Duh. Okay. Oh, well, really? Okay. <laughs> right? You figured it out. Or, I didn't or, go that or far. Frontierland, just... and it would be like cabins. <laughs> Idea number two, a live show, Disney Prince Review. Bow, 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 bow. Aladdin. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> is this starting to sound like thund- Thunder Down Under? Is it, it after is. hours? It is. It is supposed to be like Thunder Down Under. Have you seen? Okay, anyways. But I feel like the idea of like screaming after princes might not be so Disney. No, too much, too much. I don't know. Oh, I no, I didn't mean to rain on the idea. No, it's like I think it's an untapped market. I think so, but it may not be at cougars. the park. Maybe it not. might be at Maybe one like of those, off the park, <laughs> right? One of those many shady buildings that are also in Anaheim in that right. area that off. cater to like businessmen off. with who are visiting right, the Anaheim right. Convention Center, like gentlemen's <gasps> clubs. Yeah. They're, oh, those exist right next to Disney. There are a million of them. Like oh if you Lord. just go driving around like the few miles around Disneyland it's just mostly that and like 
hotels, but like lesser hotels. Some of them are like castle themed to trick you into thinking maybe you've arrived at Disneyland. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm a tourist trap. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Anaheim. I just walked through the um the one that's designed to look like Awani. Is oh. it Awani? Awani? Awani is the um hotel Disney resort? in uh, Alani. No, Awani is the hotel resort. No yeah. Awani is the hotel in Yosemite. And then the oh, Great oh, Californian oh. or is that what it's called? Grand Californian. Grand Californian. Yeah. yeah, it like it's like exactly like that you just went there recently i went last weekend oh wow yeah it's really pretty it is really beautiful yeah you don't have to go to yosemite are there sleep pods unfortunately no okay well i'm not going (laughs) (laughs) thank you vanessa you're a true friend (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just saying well they have sleep pods they're called hotel rooms (laughs) no that no i want to sleep in a pod i want to like be rejuvenated and it has to resemble a cabin yes there are many there needs to be like a lot of anachronistic things going on just like i don't know and a robot comes by but it's dressed in a cowboy outfit i don't know it's not gonna work otherwise you know the only thing that makes these things funny is april laughing people would not know that they were supposed to be laughing unless april was laughing thank god i she's actually on a laugh track guys She just, she's actually. I'm just a laugh bot. I'm not a human being. <laughs> there is no April. There's, there's really just like a console of buttons in front of Vanessa, and she pushes it for the particular kind of April laugh that she needs in that moment. I actually sneak around following April, getting her mouth sounds, and then, then just play them back. This way, I never have to have contact with her. All again. of my mouth sounds. But then I'd never get wings. Oh God, it's hot. <laughs> what? What percentage do you think of podcasts do you suppose that you say that, that you comment on the temperature? Not the temperature necessarily. It's the sweatiness that I comment on a lot. I comment more on the sweatiness okay. than Okay, I think we can lump those together, and I think that would still be a really fascinating stat. It's probably 100%. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be like, you know, she doesn't mention yeah, it that you much. Are, you are probably sweatier than I am. Yes, but I don't talk about it on air. Like as beads of sweat are like rolling down my face, I'm like letting them drip into my eyes. And there's like a look of determination. Yeah, no, it's uh, on her face. All right, well, that was a fantastic introduction for John Nabori. Yeah, if only John Wayne Nabori. Sorry, John Nabori. We're going with that. I I know so much about Disneyland because I used to work there in technical services which is is that what it's called technical it's services. called technical services and then when i tell that to people they're like oh so you fix computers but it's actually a stage technician job so i did like audio stuff at the park and i would have to drive around the park like to get to the park and then i would see all the strip clubs and oh. be disturbed that's how i know these things or like when you're on the crane in the yes. middle of the night you would like probably in the distance see like dancing like <laughs> <laughs> what did he have a telescope with him he could. The listener can't see this, but <laughs> April did some nice choreography to that that image that was in her head that she then put in all of our it heads. Was, it was not Disney safe, guys. <laughs> it should not be NSFW, right? Maybe it was not Pocahontas. safe for Disney. That was a re- okay, let's not. This is not the Disney podcast. Oh. Okay. Oh, flow, flow. That's right. Flow, flow, flow. Flow, flow, flow. Flow. When you're so concentrated on talking about Disneyland, <laughs> that you cannot adjust the topic at hand. Yes, you just... can actually do it. Time just zips by.
Wait, so did you experience any of like what we're talking about with flow when you were at Disney or is there other times in your life that you're like, oh, flow? What is the, the best example of flow in your life? Uh, probably the best example of flow in my life is when I am uh, working as a sound designer and designing sound for plays. So a sound designer is a position in theater. <laughs> oh my goodness. A sound designer picks the speakers, makes the system for a play, which is very important, wrangles the wireless microphones. It's a very nice job, you guys. When, no, I like, I think, I think I'm fascinated by sound. So I'm like into it. And like April's like picking her nose. I'm just joking. Yeah. Give me a hard time. Just 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I adjusted the height of her microphone stand, and she was so grateful. And now I'm starting to talk about sound, and she's falling asleep. Okay, I'm just joking. Not uh, safe for Disney, NSFD. <laughs> Is that a tag on iTunes, like it, in the little red box? It should be now. Okay. Um, so I, what, what do I do? Do I tell my life story? <laughs> well, no, so, so sound design, like what about it like gets you in the flow? Uh, let's see. It's, it's uh, the thing that I like about sound design for theater is that uh, it, it's like 50-50 between technical things uh, like system organization and um, organizing data and implementing it correctly and also creativity because sound is ephemeral. Like you hear it and then it's gone and it's a, it becomes a memory. And that's why, that's why it's kind of, that's what makes it challenging sometimes because everybody hears things differently like two people sitting in the same room hearing a song or like how loud a guy's mic was like whether it was audible or not or loud enough uh is going to be totally different between two people hearing the exact same thing so, so for example you you design um sound for for theater so like basically everything that people hear that isn't the voices of the people like you've designed yourself and yeah it's passed through the system and oftentimes even the voices that you hear like uh, a lot for in a lot of places that i work in now everybody's mic like because the venue is too large you if you didn't use microphones you wouldn't be able to hear everyone so basically anything that is heard in the room passes through the system um that is designed by the sound designer do you get to choose who who is louder in the mix and things like that or mm -hmm. is that something that you work out with the director well the director will often have opinions and in general it's best to have everything as balanced as possible but there are cool things you can do like when i'm mixing a musical and, it, and i'm throwing faders for every single person's line mm -hmm. um if they if they tell a joke then sometimes like at the punchline the last couple words of the joke i'll like boost it a little bit which makes it easier to understand and improves comprehension and because people in the audience understand it, they're like, oh, I got the joke. That means it was funny. And usually it'll elicit a better laugh. It's really interesting. Like you can really play with psychology when you are like controlling what people hear and how they hear it. Yeah. Sound is like that invisible art, right? That like, you know, um, people respond to images, but <clears throat> they don't realize when they're responding to sound. Yeah. 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 In fact, um, sound is also like sound designers like to complain about how they're unappreciated because mm. usually they only get noticed if something doesn't work like if guy's mic doesn't yes. work then it's like oh what's wrong what happened and then everyone turns around and looks at the guy at the board um 
but when it's doing when it's good when it's amazing no one turns around and gives you like two thumbs up yeah exactly <laughs> it just is it just is like when you see like i a will do image, that next time if i go to a show of yours i'll just slowly rotate and lift my thumbs that, that was that was a joke someone like i was uh i was visiting a show where someone else was mixing and they had a friend come over and the friend was like uh, to, to my friend who was mixing was like hey like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna applaud you if you do a good job. Okay, I'm just gonna stand up and turn around and give you a standing O like right in the middle of the show. I think that'll be great. <laughs> It'll totally work out. Yeah, because it won't interrupt your sound. No, no. She didn't do it, so oh. again, the sound designer remains unappreciated. <laughs> whatever. I hope one day you confront her about that. Well, okay. So you're talking about those two parts of yourself: the technological side and the creative side, and that activation of like. Yeah, so I guess in a weird way, like, yeah, I didn't even really realize it before, but because you did those things with your hand just mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. gesticulations, clawing the air above both sides of your brain, I realized that it... <laughs> brain suckers. <laughs> oh, <so> <laughs> Wait, Starving. I'm thinking about something else. Um, uh, yeah, that, that I guess that activation of two very different sides at the same time kind of makes me need to concentrate a lot. And so I will get into that zone where I'm like at the console or I'm, you know, I, I'm just like, I guess when I'm mixing musicals is where if I'm enjoying it is where I'm most into it because I have to be so attentive. Like you can't just sit back and let anything be passive because you're controlling every single word that gets said if you're, mm. if you're mixing it correctly. So and sound effects and sound and pressing buttons for sound effects. And that's my favorite part. Sound effects are your favorite part. <laughs> sound effects are my favorite part too. Yeah. That's why I got into sound design oh. uh, is Do you get a little like a, Bike. What? Bike bell? Yeah, bike bell's like ching 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 ching. I, I, How often do you use a bike bell? That sounded racist. <laughs> <laughs> Get your racist bicycle bells out of here. I, I use an actual bike bell. Actually, I, I, I remember very vividly screwing a bike bell into the back of a set because there was an oven on stage and the, the director wanted the sound of the ding of the oven to come from the oven. But it wasn't mm. a real oven or anything, of course. So I what? got the la- what? No, no. In theater, it's all fake. It's not reality. <laughs> I'm sorry to blow your mind like this. I know that you weren't prepared. I'm out of commission, guys. For the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but go on. I'm sorry. That was actually the first time I saw. Uh, the that's that's actually the moment where I like realized that I love theater was when I saw a play in high school, and it was Barefoot in the Park by Neil Simon. Oh, do you know that play? Yeah. It's it's Wonderful. a really sweet, funny play. Oh know? yeah, like, it's it. I mean, it's like romantic comedy, kind of at its best. Yes. Even though that that term is dirty to me. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's kind of mm, it. But it's from a, a bygone era too, and so yeah. like the context of modern romantic comedy, however you feel about that, like mm-hmm. it was just really fresh to me. Like not being familiar with stuff from that time. He's just so like good with the dialogue. Yeah, it's so yeah, fast. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. I like it. So. So I was watching the play and I was really enjoying it. And then I saw one of the actors like go, it was set in a, an apartment in New York, I think. And one of the actors leaves the apartment and like opens the door and walks off stage, which is just a flat on one side of the stage in this school auditorium, right? But I was like, wow, he's going out into the hallway. And in my brain, I could see like the hallway he was in. And mm. I was like thinking, but that's not real. He's not really going out in the hall. And then like something kind of broke in my brain that was like, I like that. I, I like the illusion, like right in front of me. It's so simple and yet so complex. I know? like that in order for it to be wonderful, it has to break. Well, like, in order, like your brain goes... In order to pursue a life in theater, you have to be broken a little bit because it's a bad idea. Somebody, 
another friend of me of mine was uh, asking like what uh, i i have uh, a friend who's interested in sound what should i tell them and i was like tell them to run <laughs> the run other way for the hills run for the hills and my my teacher in high school told me flat out he, he was like if you want to do this um like make sure that there's absolutely nothing else that you can imagine yourself doing Ooh. like said that and i was like yeah i kind of feel that way and I, I do feel that way now i mean like not necessarily for theater although i i love theater and i love i mean i just love like I that whole like I guess at, you you call it entertainment to put it in some kind of umbrella but like mm. you know movies story, storytelling is what it is you know is what is kind of the term that I've latched onto now and it's like excellent excellent do you do you enjoy that documentarian um I do um it's just it's so funny because I have to use that word a lot um I'm um I do admissions and recruitment for UCLA's film school right now so like I think that term gets thrown out a lot but hearing it from different different um, people in different, yeah. Uh, the word entertainment gets thrown around. A no lot? storytelling. No storytelling. Um, and just because it's it's a way of like saying I'm separate from a Hollywood studio system, or you know, like that idea of like that's like about selling out or industry. industry. Like industry is a little dirty when you talk to independents, but like hearing it from different um, people who work in different trades or crafts, like it's wonderful. Like you know, even when you talk about Imagineering, there's the idea of storytelling. When you talk about markets and how they lay out their market there's the word storytelling and so you know it's like very pervasive and it can get thrown around in like ways that kind of dirty the word but when it's like used by someone who you know is an artist like it makes me it makes makes my brain flow is it can we use it that way i'm just gonna like stretch it to its limit of like it makes you reach a flow state oh so it's like an adjective yeah and uh, something i wanted to get to is like um, the reason that we're talking about flow today, like how does this actually fit into our podcast? That's about mental health. And does it have to? Yeah. How does it? How does it? Yeah. Bring well, us back. You guys. April, how does the concept <laughs> of flow fit into the podcast? Well, let me tell you, um, the, uh, chief guy that sort of like did studies on this thing and sort of, um, defined flow and his name is too complicated for me to try to, to, um, can we, can we identify his ethnicity? Is it like a Romanian or something like that? I think so. It's Michali, six since Michali. <laughs> Sorry. That sounds that about right. Valiant effort. Sorry, Mr. S- <laughs> no, she's going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Take two. But, um, a lot of people identify flow as a key, um, thing to have in your life that gives you happiness and the more that you can access a flow state the happier person you are and more mm. like you know effective and successful and just you know or living a life that you enjoy and find worthwhile so that was a really boring explanation of how flow relates to our podcast well that's interesting because lately like this year is the first year i've gone freelance um wow. in, yeah i officially left my job at disneyland in june I thought you were like gonna like whisper it. You're like <laughs> just gonna mess it. <laughs> Go on. Uh, and yeah, and I at that point I had only worked but like maybe a week's worth of time at the park uh, since February of this year, which is a lot less. A lot less. Usually I put an average of like thirty hours a week, um, and had been for the last seven years before that. Um, but wow. I, I'd also been uh, doing sound design, the thing where I achieve a flow state <laughs> right Is uh-huh. that yeah yes. um you know because i really wanted to do it 
Um, but late last year, uh, when I did a show uh, for uh, a really great theater company called Cornerstone Theater Company, I was trying to get time no off. No plugs for theater groups. The Cornerstone Theater Company. <laughs> CornerstoneTheater.org. <laughs> theater, and T-E-R, not T-R-E. You can find us on Facebook, Ed. Um, like Cornerstone on Facebook. Um, whatever, I don't care. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I was doing a, a show with them, and I was trying to get time off. Like, I would have to, I had to ask for, like, a, a whole week off in order to do their tech week. Mm. And usually it wasn't a problem as long as I got the request in it with a you know, the amount of time that they say you need to get the request in. But the, like, for whatever reason, now they're cracking down on people who are part time. Oh, like moon, like they don't want you to moonlight. I guess. Do I don't know. They, they, I, I don't think they even care about that. They just want, they, I got the impression that they wanted people to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, even if there was no really great reason for them to be there, you know, mm-hmm. even people who are part time and supposedly the, the reason that you don't get full time benefits is so that you have that flexibility. At least that's how it was for me the pre- for the previous seven years. Mm-hmm. So it, they stopped giving it to me. So I was like, okay, I guess I gotta either buckle down here or or go freelance. Oh, so your dreams. Well, that's what I try to do, and and so and so I, I've been doing. It. I've been I've been doing um, a lot of uh, theater stuff on the outside, and I've been uh, uh, working on uh, composition for. I'm, I'm assisting my friend who is composing music for uh, a cartoon for Nickel- an animated show for Nickelodeon uh that Woot. yeah it's really cool uh, and so but there have been a lot of troubles too like trying to find work making sure that I have enough money and like I, I always had the fallback before to go to the Disneyland job if I needed to make money that week you know usually they would call me and usually I would turn down the work because I was doing other stuff but if they called me and I wasn't doing anything I could just go in and make some money mm-hmm. but I didn't I don't have that now and yeah. I haven't had that all year and it's been very interesting to see like how scary that can be sometimes um does that does that fear or pressure of sort of making ends meet ever take away from the the joy or the flow no because when I'm working on a project and I and I'm in that state um there's nothing else like that's kind of the that's kind of like when you read the definition to me i was like oh yeah i i know that and one of the defining characteristics about it is that nothing else exists you know mm-hmm. there's no like it's kind of free from context even you're just right. kind of even if the show you're working on is terrible if i'm working on making it sound good i just make it sound good even if like uh i i, I didn't get any sleep the last night um when i started doing sound design and i was working for a theater company called rogue artist ensemble rogue artist.org um <laughs> that was uh, slick i <laughs> i i have very distinct memories of like sleeping overnight at theaters like the mm. first show that i designed for them i i was everyone went home and i was i still needed to finish like programming my sound effects and get mm-hmm. that wave sound just right and that lightning sound just right you know so i would be in the theater in the dark just one like clip lamp above my head i'm at the console i'm programming and I, it was like super creepy, like because it, it theater all theaters are haunted. That's another thing about theaters. So the next year, I was in a theater called the Bootleg on Beverly in L.A. and oh, yeah. uh, which is a really great music venue now that also does theater, but it's annoying because uh, anyway, Bootleg Theater, bootlegtheater.org. <laughs> That's not the website. I bet it's not because <laughs> you were annoyed. <laughs> Go on. Um, uh, it, it's a great theater. Uh, but uh, when I did my show there, I, I, I pulled a couple other all-nighters there. Um, and 
I remember I had to program these sounds. I had to program these sounds for an insane asylum ambience, and so I was oh, pulling all these sounds. God. I was pulling all these sounds of people laughing and water dripping and oh, like footsteps going up and down creaky stairs. Oh, and God. Yeah, and it had like wind howling, and it's like so fun. So, so yeah. fun to do, right? And I was sitting there, I, I had my surround speakers up, so I was like putting just the right amount of laughter in the left speaker behind me. And, um, and I was like, okay, great. Got that sound, a big finish. Like it's 3 a.m. I'm just going to sleep because I have a cot downstairs, right? So I'm- Is the cot I, haunted? I, I, well, I, I close up the computer and I'm like, wait, before I go to sleep, I have to, to turn off all the lights. So to turn off all the lights, I have to go to the other side of the, out of the theater into the lobby where the light panel is and walk through the whole theater, through the lobby, through the theater, down the stairs in complete darkness with nothing but the light on my phone. Ugh. And so I was like, oh no, I'm going to die. So I, I turned out the lights and I was like walking very slowly, but trying not to think about like the the scary ghost lady with the long stringy black hair that was just walking right behind me. Well, that's why I pick myself out about oh. it the whole time. Wait, why don't you... Isn't that what whistling in the dark is for? <laughs> what? Is that what you do? Yeah, it's called whistling in the dark, where what? you just, like, you have to do... There's a thing called whistling in the dark. <laughs> yeah, like, where it's so scary in that moment you're alone, so you just have to produce sound so that you're not alone and that it's less scary. See, yeah. If I, if I did songs. that, I would feel like I was summoning the ghosts to me. I, like... <laughs> By acknowledging that I'm doing something because I'm scared, I would in my brain I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna hone in on me. So I I just tried to think about anything else, you know, puppies. It, but I couldn't make any sound. I couldn't whistle. I guess the only difference is that I couldn't whistle. One mm. of the only things that helps me get like not scared in those situations is like my parents saying like, or I think my dad one time I was saying about how I was scared about ghosts or something, and he was like, don't even entertain that idea. It's not real. And like, it's oh. kind of like, like, that's the only thing that works, actually. <laughs> when I think about my dad doing that, I'm like, okay. <laughs> dad, dad okay. must be right. Dad. It, it probably helps that your dad is scarier than any ghost that you could run into. Possibly. So. He would punch him in the face. <laughs> he would take a cleaver. Dude would punch a ghost in the face. Dude would be like, you're not real. <laughs> Get out of my way. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the underworld, silly. Uh, so the reason I got on all that was because, uh, so I, I, I did stupid, crazy things like just working, but I didn't even realize I was doing it at the time because I was so focused on the work, mm. you know, putting these crazy hours in theaters for no money. I probably got paid like $200 for the, all the work I did on those two shows that I just mentioned, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's like being in the theater all week and then running the show like for weekends afterwards, giving up my like weekend evenings to do it, you know, because I loved it, you mm -hmm. know, it wasn't even a question at mm -hmm. the time. Um, and you know, part of that is being young and trying to, um, make your career go. Um, but, but it was easy for me at the time because I was able to achieve that flow state. And it like, when I was doing it, everything was just clicking and right. like my, brain was firing in all cylinders and it was a pleasurable feeling you right. know it made me feel like i was accomplishing something even mm -hmm. though i would feel sorry if, if someone told me that if some new sound designer told me they were doing that i'd be like oh man that sucks man you <laughs> yeah. got to figure out a better situation for yourself yeah if someone had told that to me i wouldn't have listened yeah you know 
quick, quick, two quick, well, not two quick questions, but two questions that I think I have coming out of all of our discussions about the way that flow works and how it can bring so much joy. Can I read before you ask that? Can I read the six components of flow? Oh yeah. Can we like put that at the beginning? (laughs) (laughs) I've been trying to like get it like to throw it in. All right. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. I'll hold on to my number one. There's six. Number one, intense and focused concentration on the present moment. Wonderful. Number two, merging of action and awareness. Hmm. A loss of reflective self-consciousness. A sense of personal control or agency over the situation or activity. A distortion of temporal experience. One subjective experience of time is altered. Wait, is that five? Oh, it's just... That was number five. Number six, experience of the activity as intrinsically rewarding, also referred to as autotelic experience. What? Wait, that what? Sounds really like a dirty word. Autotelic? Yeah, I've never it comes heard up that. Up word. a lot when you're in a when you're an English major. Oh, oh. well, how? What does that mean? I don't know. Oh, you, I, that you was what you just read. <laughs> the the thing itself, like auto, you know, it's like the Self. thing itself. It's its own like. Wait, tilic. Like, the reward T-I- is in the journey. Ugh. Autotilic. We heard that all the time. Autotilic. Tilic, excuse me. Uh, containing its own meaning or purpose. Oh. Deriving meaning and purpose from within. So it's its own. Interesting. Yeah, that's me. And so, and so going back to, uh, well, sorry, we'll go back. No, 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 of course. But, but going back to like this year for me, like deciding to give up the day job and do freelancing stuff, it's like, man, is it, is it the right thing to do to like, be kind of irresponsible with your life decisions of like not being able to save up money and things like that in order to like chase that feeling mm-hmm. of the flow, you know, cause I could, mm-hmm. I could, I could, I don't have to do it. Like going back to what my high school teacher said, like, I don't know if it's really true that I can't do anything else. Although I haven't really done anything else ever since high school, but like wouldn't the more responsible thing be to just suck it up and, work at Disneyland forever and like save up the money. And... Well, it's like, what does responsible mean? You know, like I just, I just don't know what I'm going to do when I retire at this point. Like that's a, that's well, a concrete I, example of what yeah. that is. Well, that's, that is something that you sort of take upon yourself. Like that's the plan is to not retire. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you are loving doing it, like why stop? Oh my gosh. Know? I knew this production sound mixer who was going deaf and he was, well, right. he couldn't... That's, a, that's a horrible fear of mine. I, well, and, but you know, punch you in the ear. Oh no! Don't, don't do it. Why would you do that? I Wait, hope, I'm gonna I laugh. Like I raised that. your mic stand, and then I'm gonna turn you 180 degrees and punch you in the other ear. <laughs> oh shit! You Why couldn't just run that? over to the like the other side while he's like stunned from one side. No. Why do you have to like slowly <laughs> turn him? We're gonna put you this on a lazy season. <laughs> American history or American history? American Horror Story five. April. April. <laughs> April. <laughs> You are your father's daughter. Just Is punch it because you thought John was a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, but he was, he was teaching, which was nice. And uh-huh. he still, I mean, he was a great teacher and he could still do production sound, but it's just like all the gunshots he had heard over his lifetime had ruined his hearing. Yeah. You know, or you think about people who have to do tech at like large concerts and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. mean, that must be nuts. Yeah. But yeah, you know. it's, I mean, and yeah, I, it's fun to see like who wears hearing protection when they're working at that stuff. It's like, 
I judge you if you have a job like that and you don't wear hearing protection. You, um, it's like, yeah, I mean, I would be one of those people. I'd be like, whatever, whatever, <laughs> and then regrets. <laughs> yes, twenty years down the road, it's just kind of like every aspect of my life. Like, whatever, <laughs> pay for the regrets, <laughs> more than one. Um. Oh, so you were talking about like, well, you had two questions or something. Like that. Oh well, I didn't know if he was done, but like. I mean, do you have that question answered for yourself, you know? Uh, or are you still wondering? I'm I'm still I'm still figuring it out. It's okay. Uh, uh yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, uh uncertainty, uh, fear. Uh <laughs> No, I I I think I think that I'm doing the right thing. I'm I'm moving into the part of my life where like I've put in a lot of time and I think that I'm pretty good. I but I I need to figure out how Johnaboy.com. Johnaboy.com. <laughs> um Is it the Facebook? Uh, I, I need to, I, uh, so I'm trying to figure out how to like make it go actually. You know what I mean? And I, I've been, I've been making some steps lately. I, I just designed sound at Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which is my favorite place in the world to see theater. It's a really, really great place. Uh, OSFAshland.org. Um, <laughs> And uh, I, and I'm gonna do it again next year. They asked me back. Yes. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, and hopefully the the working with my friend on the animated shows is gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just I don't know. Like there's no plan is the thing. And you don't really need a plan. I I don't. I think are like you sure? I think when you when you need a plan is when other people are dependent on you. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, like and kind of the reason that I made the move when I did was because I I didn't have a family kids or anything like that. it's like if i ever want to do that now is probably going to be like the last chance when i'm you know when i'm 31 is going to be the last chance that i can do that mm. so yeah so i yeah now thinking back to it i mean you're right i i had to do it you don't need a plan until you need to and for me i i don't have family kids but i wanted a plan because i was drifting i was just like i was aimless mm-hmm. so i needed a new goal that was more concrete and that wasn't, I just want to do this thing. You well, know? you know what's great about the two of you is that like you really have um, followed your dreams and sort of like. <laughs> I'm full of regrets. Me. You're staring at me <laughs> like a bulldog. <laughs> really big tell watery me. eyes. Yeah, tell me what's <laughs> the great thing about me. What is it? I'm so hungry Please. for compliments. <laughs> what is it? You have I think it's very, I won't look at you. It's super, yeah, don't look at me. It's, <laughs> I'll just look at John. It's super brave. <laughs> and like, as soon. I always say, like you're in charge of your own happiness, you know, no one's, no one's in charge of it and no one's going to work for it as much as you are going to, you know? So as long as you're doing things that bring you happiness and fulfillment, you know. Yeah, you're I just the right thing. I just worry that when I saw that play in high school and something broke in my brain, the thing that broke was my common sense <laughs> or my ability to be happy with something that wasn't stupid. You know what I mean? Like I I love it, but sometimes I feel like I'm wrong. I I know what you mean, but like I mean, it takes all kinds. <laughs> What? what? That's around. great. <laughs> uh, I'm we, like we laughing need, at. We need people who are right and people who are wrong. <laughs> no, I mean like, 
I don't know. I we're what, just gonna what start sound, saying what cliche seems stupid? Things. Is it stupid that you're working in like entertainment? Is that what you think is stupid? Uh, yeah. Oh, that that my my goal like all of my career goals have been chasing this this thing of flow. Yeah. Like in it's kind of brilliant that you chose this topic. Like, how did you? Were you thinking of me when you? Mm-hmm. Because. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah. And so like, that's the question I've been asking myself this year. Is like, is it stupid to chase that thing? It's not like you're chasing some like fleeting whatever. It's like it involves your skill and it involves your professionalism, you know, and you're able to like build on it. It's not like heroin or something like that. I know, but is it, is it, I mean, this is, okay, this is a crazy analogy, but like I was going to go the heroin thing, but what is, how is it, is it super different from being really good at playing video games? Like that involves some skill because you're presenting something to other people and it gives them happiness and makes them reflect on what's important in life. And yeah, you're sharing like that. I guess I hope like by reaching your own happiness state of flow, you're also able to like better spread it and like share it with other people around you and like large audiences, you know, not just like just theater. Just to jump off the video games thing, though, I mean, like at this point in you know america in the world video games are like such a viable option like movie studios are turning towards video games to like make back money and things like that so the so the whole analogy about video games they did turn something that they were passionate into something very you know like monetized like it's 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 a billion dollar industry every year but but i mean mean, but even aside from that i think that making video games is a really a wonderful artistic endeavor in and of itself like you talk about storytelling like mm-hmm. storytelling is a big part in all so many great video games like you know not all video games but what my analogy was like playing video games yeah <laughs> but like the difference is that you're producing rather than consuming right you know yes but i, I don't know like no i yeah i'm that's the sound that i make when i'm agreeing with you and processing it at the same time <laughs> right. Right. Yes. not skeptical not that there's anything no. Bad. <laughs> no it's not skeptical <laughs> I just, I'm just trying to, I, it's just, it's just me processing what it means to me. Yeah. I think as someone who's kind of in the same boat, who wants to create and to produce and to interact with storytelling and kind of, um, it's not like I'm here to like make everybody's lives better or, you know, like that's not the purpose. Like I chase it because I live and breathe documentary. Like I'm always asking questions. I'm always wondering, I'm always exploring and to find a career where you can make that happen or, or to do that more regularly. I mean, huge blessing and in fact that's how people usually see it because they're they're sometimes engaged in things that don't create flow you know and uh, i think even though there is no plan i people make things happen for themselves i think we always have to ask ourselves that question like every year it's kind of like well what am i doing you know i have a lot of friends who have been freelancing and um you know they have to month by month ask themselves what am i doing and they they find different tactics and different ways of making that happen and some stick with it some some don't but you know i think there's nothing wrong in chasing flow um as long as it's not hurting you or anybody else i you know there's a sense of like well what's stupid it's stupid according to whose rules and and i mean like you that. can also access or you know reach a state of flow doing stuff that isn't worth dedicating your life to or mm-hmm. even expect being paid sure. you know for doing like am i going to be a chef no 
Wait, what? I don't really want to, but Wing I do chef. just love reaching that state and yeah. having that as like part of my life still. Or, <laughs> I mean, I love doing jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> go yeah. on. I go on. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that is, that's a very interesting example. Of, yeah. You know. Like I, I can do a jigsaw puzzle for 24 hours straight and not like look up, you know, but obviously I'm not going to like pursue that in my life, but I know there are a lot of different things that can lead to that. And it's only up to you whether or not you want to make your life about it. But there's nothing wrong. Is, is there a question really? Do you think the question's actually, am I being selfish by doing this? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like for me, the, it, it, like to go back to the jigsaw thing, it would be like as if I had decided to become a j- professional jigsaw maker, but no one was paying me. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it's like it, I think that it I think that in a way it is very selfish because it's a feeling that I have like and hopefully I'm helping people by by being really passionate about what I'm doing and that's really cool for other people to get the best possible product of what I like to do mm-hmm. you know but the only I, there's like no altruism involved and like I feel like I have altruist, altruistic tendencies a bit but it's not really reflected in my choice of career so if i'm not doing it for money and if i'm not doing it to really to help people directly sometimes it feels like kind of bad well how about look at it this way i mean if you are really happy by the you know career path that you've chosen then you're a happy john and and you can be happy and present for the people around you but john is so good at making himself not be happy (laughs) thinking himself out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think that this touches on an important issue that I've been wanting to talk about for a really long time, which is like your inner critic, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like you're, you're doing this thing that you want. This <laughs> is funny with Vanessa right across from me. Why? Because usually I don't see you like, but I see like <laughs> peering at me through the, this Word. black thing. <laughs> this, is what I, this is what I see. <laughs> Okay, as I'm as as I was saying, the inner critic, you know, like it's like you have like two things going on in your head, you know, you being John, living your life, and then this other like voice that's telling you that what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And where does that come from? And is that even a voice that you should give legitimacy legitimacy to, you know, or is it just something that's sort of limiting? Um, you know, uh, your your happiness of like your choices and stuff like that. I I mean I don't I don't know that there's an answer to that question. Yeah. Certainly not for everybody, but for sure. me in particular. Uh, I mean, part of part of what I enjoy about being in a state of flow is that I am super like analytic and like super honing in on like making something tweaking something so that it's just right you know like that's how i achieve that is by being very detail oriented and trying to make things perfect um and so the dynamic of that it is such that if when you apply that to other parts of your life you know what i mean well, like I that's mean, kind of I'm my net like i mean the great thing about flow is that if you are a person and many people are who do have this inner critic that's always telling them that what they're doing is wrong or not worthwhile the great thing about being in the state of flow is it sort of obliterates that you know you no longer have the self-consciousness that you're sort of having to answer to 
you know, in mm. other parts of your life. When you're right. reaching a flow, you're doing what you should be doing and and you're happy with it and it's challenging and you're using your skills too. Yeah. You're to right. Those are that. those are two different things. I think in even what you're saying too, like there's this sense of like wanting to submerge or subliminate your own happiness for the happiness of others which is like admirable you know and that's an altruistic tendency to want to put others needs before your own but i think when we're answering to the like other people whether it's our family or um you know just other people in our lives that you know we have commitments to or not just people but like society like larger things like i think you're constantly negotiating that, but, you know, not wanting to pursue your own happiness. Um, yeah, it makes you an unhealthy person at the end of the day. Cause I think I have to struggle with this a lot, you know, like, um, not just because like, you know, I chose filmmaking or, you know, things like that. But, you know, um, in this moment, if I choose this, I choose to be the good daughter or be the good, you know, sister or be the good friend. And, um, at what point do, you know, do I allow myself to choose me, you know, and my own healthiness and, you know, Cheryl, my roommate is always telling me, you know, like I want to be healthy for myself so that I can be healthy and, um, like for others, which, you know, April was talking about with being a present and happy John. And I don't know, I think of course this, this has no answer, but you know, like I like that we're talking about how do we figure this out? How do we negotiate these I mean, kinds of I questions? Think- you know, you're a very thoughtful person and of course you see your very certain uncertain future is like some kind of like negative reflection on her or you're questioning it or something like that. But at the same time, like, I don't know, I guess I would, if I were to give you any advice, I would say like, don't be so hard on yourself, you know, like you found something that you love and it's great and you're great at it. And what else could anybody who loves you want for for you? Well, that's very nice. <laughs> that's very sweet. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think we find other ways of putting other people's happiness before our own. Whether it's it's in you know you just discover ways to do that because I don't know I'm not I'm not always like you know living up to those things I want to live up to, but. I find ways that, you know, don't interfere with my flow that can bring other people happiness, you know? Yeah. I, I think that when it becomes really sticky for me is when I think about practical things, like like I have some friends whose parents are older than my parents are right now, and they're, they're like, starting to, like, take care of them, mm-hmm. and like, financially or, like, with time, and I'm like, man, I don't know how I would be able to do that with the trajectory that I have right now. Like I would, something drastic would need to happen in my life, which is not to say that it won't. And I, I still have some time, but like, it's well, luckily not, you have other siblings too, to sort of help. Oh yeah. The doctor will help with that. <laughs> you forget about <laughs> it. <laughs> Check but, the, cross that off your list. <laughs> that, done. That, that, it just feels like cheating though. You know I mean? Like well, the, you the know, fact that that's not in not the plan that, makes me feel bad. But like just because you might or may not be able to financially support them. I mean, I'm sure you could, if you would, and you will, if you can, you know, should I come to that? Mm-hmm. But there are, are a thousand other ways that you do support them you know yeah so, yeah 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 that's yeah. true that's true yeah you're okay i feel like this is an hour-long pep talk for john <laughs> yeah i was like oh this is this is nice <laughs> i mean even 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 when we're 
directly talking to John. We're talking to ourselves too. I think a lot of times when I'm saying wow, something, that's very deep. No, <laughs> what like you that. sound about sound being ephemeral. I wanted us to stop and like think poetry. Sing, sing a song. <laughs> it was so good. I was just like, yes. <laughs> sound it's there and then it's gone uh-huh. <laughs> oh geez and then it just becomes a memory you know it's just like boom are you gonna do a, a vaiku <laughs> yeah. well the, it was john who said that john like literally said that and then we were just like we were supposed to like reflect on that a like, moment just, of silence please for yeah, sound for sound <laughs> <laughs> holding for sound oh man no i hate Don't when i hear that, hear that. Oh, geez but yeah so so you know you know we're pep talking ourselves because you know we we talk about this stuff all the time april and i not all the time like every other time <laughs> but yeah and, and you know like that that is one of my favorite things about this podcast too is like when i first go, heard, on. Well, go, go on go, go on i when i um heard the first couple episodes that i listened to after april sent me a link to the soundcloud page i was like oh wow like i understand like you know this I, I felt like you were talking to me and you were like and i was really relating to the things that you're talking about about like so 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 many people on this podcast talk about like interpersonal relationships and how they fit into that and how they uh, think that they might be wrong about things and i and like just hearing people talk honestly about uncertainties i think is really refreshing and very uncommon you know uncertainty i don't have uncertainty ever <laughs> vanessa is good 100 nailing it every day winning it live <laughs> winning it live for the next like two seconds we work our whole life to create a a picture of us to other people that we want to ma- maintain and most of the things that are kept silent are kept silent to protect that image that we've been trying to make. So I guess fear is the biggest silencer. Hi everyone, this is Vanessa. You just heard an excerpt from my doc, The Laundromat, a personal exploration of the silence and shame in Asian American culture. If you'd like to contribute your story or learn more about the doc, visit at thelaundromat.com. That's A-T-T-H-E laundromat with an O dot com. Or visit our Facebook page for the Laundromat documentary. Thanks. Um, well, if, if we have like, uh, we have, you know, about 15 minutes, so okay. I could either ask my two questions, throw them out there. See oh, you haven't you even asked your two questions yet? <laughs> I thought that we got there. Okay. We, we kind of did. And I mean, we kind of answered the first question, which is like, when you aren't pursuing flow through your career or like, you know, like in your job, how else, you know, how else can you achieve flow? Um, hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think people, people, some people, people, don't either know how to equip themselves that way or want to pursue those kinds of things. Like what John was talking about, like, is it right to want to have flow? And then also is flow sustainable? Because I think his, his theory, um, this man who came up with this theory, I think he's Polish, but, um, I don't know. I just, if anybody's out. interested, just Google flow and like happiness or something like and that. Ted and then videos. you'll get like a Ted talk. Yeah. So, 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 um, <laughs> We're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but he talked about flow being the key to, if you incorporate more into your life, that you'll live a happier, healthier life or whatever. But it doesn't sound like something, you know, like if you're pursuing flow too much to the extent of like 
you're chasing flow all the time. Like it doesn't seem. I don't think that there's anything that's wrong with that. Okay. I just, it just sounds I mean, like. It's, it's not something that I could just like, in general, this is too much flow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Hmm. But do you feel like there is, is a type of person who could embody uh, who could em- who could embody in their everyday actions kind of just maybe too much? You know what I mean? Like maybe there's no standard rubric, but maybe maybe some just some like crazy hedonistic person. Like is that is is, is there a relationship between flow and hedonism? Like thrill seekers or, or... yeah, what, would it be thrill seekers or would it be someone like Donald Trump? You know, someone who's just obsessed with power, right? You know, because he probably gets a lot of flow from just being the boss you know just being the the guy yeah i mean i don't think that there's any kind i haven't read everything about flow what you haven't read everything about flow i don't think that there's like flow is necessarily like more there's any kind of moral you know designation at least how your happiness affects like you know the world at large or anything like i think it would debbie downer because i was just like as soon as i heard his well i because like i think that you're always like you know there's a healthy range and then there's an unhealthy range and where where do we like you know sort of like mediate that just because i don't think it's possible like the the time in the day to like want to go after those things that make you happy all the time I mean, and I'm not saying my, my point is like, you shouldn't, it's not that you shouldn't go after those things that you make, make you happy, but that I think that, I think that you, we just can't judge other people's happiness. But it's so fun to do that though. You know what I mean? Within reason, we cannot like be like this person is going after flow too much and I just don't agree with it and blah, blah, blah. I mean like who? Who cares? That person doesn't care what you think, you know, like they're in charge of their happiness. You're in charge of your happiness. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying his philosophy is wrong. It just doesn't sound possible. Realistic. And I mean, I don't think that any, I don't think that he's saying you have to do it as much as possible, maximize flow. He's just saying these are examples of flow and this is how it's reached and you know, but he's but his premise, right, is that the more you incorporate flow into your life, right? What's that sentence? I don't know. I, I don't want to look for it. Okay, <laughs> but I was just as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh. I guess that might have just been something I said. I I think that that was just something that I said. I read it in an article somewhere. But but it it seems like it seems like the idea is that there's a correlation between happiness and per and achieving or pursuit of flow. Right. Um. And I don't, I don't know if that's such a grand statement that it, that I would say that that it's dangerous. That's a dangerous thought. I don't know. I mean, I could, I, I think that anything to excess is dangerous. Right. You know, like you should just moderate everything, always. And if you, if you, if you're not mindful of excess, then it's easy, especially for things that give you pleasure, like flow. You know what I mean? Like I get a lot of pleasure from from just locking in and working on something and making it right, you know, and like time passes and I don't realize it, like all those things that you're talking about happen. And I I love it. Like I come out on the other end, I'm like, ah, I did it. I did it. That was great. And like, I think the, like a great day at work is when eight hours go by and it's like, you feel like you're only there for a couple hours. You know, even if you're exhausted afterwards, like you, you, you feel great. Yeah. 
Um, and I, and there, that too, just like you, that makes me kind of suspicious. You know, anytime that you feel good, I think you, that like yeah, like like yeah, I think that that's that is a very common. Maybe neurosis. maybe it's about whether or not we're allowed to buy into our own happiness. Yeah, yeah, and and I would I would venture a guess that the majority of people don't get enough of that in their life. You know that more more, more people than not are on the on the side of like. Not duty going for and it. responsibility and or, or, or practicality. Maybe the, maybe the people were around. Or ambivalence. Right. Um, hmm. yeah, yeah, like not living an examined life. Yeah. Right, yeah. Which is, I mean, not that you should judge that either, but I, I feel like more people, I feel like it, I feel like most people I talk to, you're just counting the fact that most people I talk to are in the arts. Like pe- most people I talk to who aren't like at the theater with me, or even maybe a lot of those people, uh, they're complaining more that they that work sucks and what they're doing sucks. Everything sucks, you know. Mm. And that like, the like I don't I don't know like, it just seems like a lot of negativity I hear from people 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 who are unhappy with some aspect of their life. I feel like it's because they're bored or they're pissed off at a person. They're mm. like letting things get to them, and I, it it makes me feel like if they had some kind of ex like something to flow on mm. you know i don't know i i feel like i feel like that is whatever that is whatever that thing is that i'm perceiving i feel like that's the opposite of whatever flow is like mm. i it's it's hard to talk about it without like being judgy yeah and... well it's about being stuck yeah i feel like yeah. people get stuck in like a a, a loop you know yeah certain yeah. things yeah and i get stuck in loops too all the time yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just because like my career is kind of flow oriented doesn't mean that I don't have tendencies to, to like, just not be productive and like, oh, but then there's also the thing about feeling like you have to be productive all the time. Like, mm. I mean, I don't know what I want. Yeah. <laughs> well, it gets all very confusing when you try to assign value to it, but maybe the thing about it is that you can't be so value oriented, like kind of what April was saying. And maybe just like enjoy happiness or the possibility of happiness without being like, but you know but you know maybe yeah. this maybe that and i shouldn't i don't deserve this kind of i'm happiness. a butt guy though <laughs> i know <laughs> earbuds <laughs> earbuds <laughs> earbuds sorry we're referencing this time when john was this typing time, in like, earbuds an hour ago and yeah. butts it was it was up. a great google adventure you guys you should have been there <laughs> Earbuds. Lots of go to the image page immediately. So, um, <laughs> that was a great noise. <laughs> well, and, and even us, and us talking about this, what's wonderful about flow is the lack of self consciousness, like the lack of self awareness. And I think, April, you talk a lot about being in the moment and being present and, um, talk a lot whatever. about it. Can't do it. I know, right? I'm oh, just crap. like, what is this? Except when you're cooking, <laughs> exactly. delicious yeah. wings, which yeah. I think is a, like a good uh, segue into like, okay, so we talked about hobbies. What's what besides cooking? What's one thing like? What's a weird thing that Jigsaw you get puzzles. flow? Okay, jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> like, do you spend how many hours do you spend doing jig- jigsaw puzzles? I mean, I don't. I think I could do it. I mean, it just depends on I have time constraints, but I could do it all day long. That's really intense. Yeah, and I like it. And I, I mean, it could be totally silent. You know. Do you play music? Is it like? No, the last time I did it, I think we were just silent. But like both are really intense. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing, John. Uh, plucking eyebrow hair. <gasps> 
wonderful. <laughs> Dude, you should meet my, my roommate, Megumi. She's like this eyebrow guru. What? What does that mean? How does one achieve guru status? You just... You In just, the realm of eyebrows. You always have beautifully shaped eyebrows. And then also comment and be noticing other people's oh, eyebrows. She, she, oh, she complimented my eyebrows last time I saw her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's aware. <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes when I get an eyebrow compliment from her, I'm like, I did it right today, guys. Oh, that... Today it happened. Devalues her compliment. <gasps> oh. Well, if Vanessa made the cut, then how can it possibly be worth uh, anything? She widened that net. She just lowered her standards. She just compliments everyone. And today, eyebrows. maybe, maybe, maybe it's not well, as complimentary. Today either. How are yours, John? Yeah. <laughs> I've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been busy. Okay, so wait, wait. For me, it's okay. kite flying. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, kite flying. Kite flying. The end. Uh, just the, all day long kite not, not like the one kite like you see like Winnie the Pooh no none of that <laughs> none, none, none of the, I wish it was the kite runner ones that had like blades on the kites but it's, it's just like oh what, the kinds that have two handles uh-huh. and they're more for doing tricks and yeah. there was this moment where I was like like you're in the zone and there's this moment of ecstasy because you're just like it's flying <laughs> and I am helping control it. And it is amazing. And then you're like fighting with the wind and like, yeah, it was amazing. And I, and I've tried to recreate that experience. Not with too much success. I feel but like in yeah. that scene in Mary Poppins where they're also happy to be flying kites. I just could not Go relate. Fly a but, kite and we'll add some reverb. The, the uh, but hearing you explain that, I feel like I understand a little bit better now. Yeah. yeah. There's, you, it's I beautiful. Think, it's whatever whatever hits you, whatever grabs you, you know? So, kite flying. Kite flying. Jigsaw puzzles. We should plucking. do this all at the same time so that we can all experience Ooh. flow together. Yes. We have it would to be to really quiet. It has to be really windy, which will kind of interfere with the jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Your happiness is in- interfering with my happiness. <laughs> but as long as John has the tweezers and a He'll be yeah, the link. He'll be, he'll be the link. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what that means. Or we can do each other's things and like totally be unhappy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll be plucking your eyebrows <laughs> and I'll do my jigsaw puzzle. I should be like, and you can fly some dumb kite. Oh, God. I hate flying. Are you serious? I hate it. It's so much fun. It's I'll, annoying. I will take you and you will still this hate it, you, but I will take you, you and. You have invited me and I have politely declined. Oh, really? This has yeah. been the thing? Okay. Well, Can I tell you my I kite know. story? Yes, please. So a couple of years after college, my my girlfriend and I went to the beach. We were like, hey, so you know what? Like, we were living in Costa Mesa. So we were like, you know, let's go to Newport Beach. Let's just see if we can find a kite and fly a kite. Doesn't that sound like fun? She's like, yeah, that sounds like a great day. So we go down to the beach and there's the store that is a kite store, like right near the beach. And we're like, oh man, that's so cool. So we go and we get this nice kite. Uh, and, and we like set up, we're so excited. We go on the beach when like, uh, we unspool it. I'm, I'm going to run and she's going to like, you know, li- lift it or whatever you do. However you kite people do your kite thing, <laughs> the kite things, the kite things. And so, and so we're running with the kite we're trying to catch the wind. She lifts the kite up in the air. It flies up in the air and it starts going around and I'm like, Oh cool. So great. It's flying. And I look and she's like, she's like falling on the ground and is like trying to get away. <laughs> And I'm like, what? So like, I kind of like, I'm like, I can't see what's wrong. So I like bring the kite down and it like, it, it hits the beach. And I like, go, like, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm afraid of kites. <laughs> I forgot. 
And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm afraid. What? What are you afraid of? I'm afraid they're like gonna come down and like impale my head. <laughs> like, how could you forget? We just spent forty dollars on a kite. We made a special trip to the beach. <laughs> But now I'm afraid of it stabbing my face. Yeah, I still have that kite, and it's only flown once. Oh, <laughs> let's go kite flying. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go fly kites. a kite. That's all right. Well, you don't like kites either. I'm gonna maneuver it towards you. Watch is it out. Because, because is it because you're afraid they're gonna stab your brain? No, I just find them really like annoying and useless. <laughs> I just think they call too much even, attention to themselves. I can't even be mad at them. I just find them really annoying and pointless. <laughs> They're annoying because they make weird sounds, like flapping in the wind. I just don't Looks have like the like fortitude to be like, let's try a hundredth time to get this thing in the air. I feel like there was some trauma in your childhood <laughs> about kites. Around kites. <laughs> it was like, no, it was just like, in general. <laughs> I do have a picture of me like as a little girl pouting at the beach, holding a sun-kissed soda can. <laughs> it's very cute. It would be better if there was like actually a kite somewhere in that picture. Like, just, I know. Like, just in like the picture. <laughs> it's actually flying you. towards your head. I'll be like, oh, oh, it's like it's like insidious for the every oh, yeah. picture. Of the kite is a little closer. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Kite sidious. <laughs> kite sidious. Is chapter that your... two. <laughs> the kite <laughs> It'll just be the 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 last frame will be John's girlfriend on the ground, like <laughs> hands up. Awful. Okay. Hilarious. So, so should we? What did what what did you? Did we do it, you guys? I think we did it. Um, do you want to ask our question? Have our yeah, we're at like three thirty right question? now. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Everybody on board. Yeah. yeah but it's gonna be it's it's a question. long question. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll answer yeah. it quickly. I don't have that much to say about it. Really? No. I have too much. <laughs> this question comes from Vanessa's friend. How do you say her name? Saeko. Saeko. Igarashi. And, uh... That was awesome. Was it? Yes. It was okay. amazing. Thank you. Um, before I ask her question, why don't we do uh, Oldie But A Goodie, the three awesome things... Oh, well, first of all, Sayako made our uh, Bull and the Badger um, cover art. Oh, she did? I love the cover art. I told you this. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I was like, hey, she's the one. I think you were like in the flow of making wings. And so you're like, la, la, la. Yes, Vanessa's making mouth sounds good. She's just like, wings, 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 wings. Okay, so one. Sayako made the cover art for uh, the Bull and the Badger. Um beautiful awesome yes and she was amazing because she's an amazing animator and she's still practicing but also doing teaching um as her her main thing right now um and she's a great teacher she's just film production that's where her background was but then she realized i hate having to answer to other people so she just wanted to be an animator because you know like everything kind of flows from the animator the animator can do everything themselves whereas the director must rely on a lot of other people and it's awful to her so um the other thing that uh is cool about psycho i met her in film school um like later on like junior or junior 
junior year no it doesn't the third or fourth year of film school and we like hit it off but she's like very different for me she's like quiet and she's very direct and she's like so different but we had a lot of fun and the third thing was like one time we just decided to drive up and down like pch like late at night it was like crazy it was just like and now we're driving it was like beautiful it was like one of those it's like it's, it's like one of those things that you do and there's like music in the background yeah there's like music just like like m83 midnight cd like and it's like i've never done that with somebody but it was a lot of fun oh yeah nice it's just like oh i think there's a lot of other amazing things about her but this is these are the things i chose that's great I wish I, I had chosen other things. A great job, Psycho. Is there going to be a a, a a bull in the badger animated short? Oh my god, that would be amazing. We should make that. Or just movie. animate the podcast. Yeah. What? What does like, that mean? Pick a, you, oh, you never seen that? Sometimes people will make animations of their favorite podcasts, like a, a like a little three minute moment. <gasps> oh yeah. And you could use the bull, actual bull I, and badger I characters. I feel like that's so much, so much work. Yes, it it's is. a lot of work because they have to do it every every of... frame. Thank yeah. you in advance, Saiko. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, anyway, um, let's read Saiko's <laughs> oh, right, message yes. here. Um, I have a question for you guys. Hmm. As Asian Americans, how do you see Asians from Asia, like foreign students and tourists? Are you weary of them? Do you relate to them? I'd love to hear your views and why you feel certain ways. Is she from Japan? Yes, full disclosure. She is from Tokyo. Um, but she's been here, I would say, almost eight to ten years. Okay. Um, and she was here for high school when she was in boarding school. So, um, yes. So who wants to take this? Who has, Does anybody have any strong feelings about Asians from Asia? I have You know. Mouth sounds. Um, I have ambivalent feelings about Asians in what Asia. I, I mean, like mostly like, I think a lot of me growing up was like totally against fobs, and there was like a lot of, like, uh, you know, like making fun of fobs, and like even the word fob, right? Not, uh-huh. not Asian person, not nice. fresh off the boat person, you know. Um, and to me, like I l- re- later realized it was just you know like to distinguish them, and also I came from a very, I grew up in a like. Arcadia was still like half Asian, like less than half Asian and more white. And so I think I bought into this mentality that I didn't want to be associated with them because, you know, dominant culture looks down on them, you know, Um, and sometimes they do silly things. (laughs) <laughs> that don't make sense to us like because what? they're from different. Well, like one thing that we, we had um, a, a subletter once who uh-huh. like left her eggs in the cupboard. And we're like, what are you doing? You know, like we're <laughs> freaking out. And um, like, put them, put them. You in just the- did the worst thing ever. <laughs> Your eggs will go bad and they will stink up the apartment. It's just not that big of a deal. But I mean, in China, like they don't refrigerate their eggs and it's just like a thing. Yeah. You know, so that's a very mild example of stuff <laughs> that happened with a subletter, though. So. But now you are like, OK, with Asians. Well, Asia. I try to be more understanding because like living in another culture is really hard, especially yeah. like there's so many unspoken rules that you you act on that you don't even know. Yeah. You don't even realize there are there. But I think when I'm annoyed by Asians from Asia, let's just say fobs. Um. <laughs> I hate that word. I really? hate it. Yeah. I, okay. It just feels so demeaning. Okay. She, you just say fobs. Because they came on planes. All right. <laughs> let's be real. Like, let's modernize this term. Fops. Okay. <laughs> Asians from Asia. Um, 
I think that I, I don't think I'm any more annoyed with them than anybody else who isn't from aren't Asians from Asia. Like I think I'm just equal and annoyed by other people. <laughs> it's an equal opportunity but sometimes, I mean I do have the thought sometimes like when I go to like a very Asian like restaurant and then like there are a bunch of like Asians from Asia like outside and they'll be like dressed all like crazy and they'll be like ugh <laughs> Asians from Asia although mm. I do say the other thing in my head but fops <laughs> so disappointing <laughs> um, fresh off the sleeping pod <laughs> <laughs> but John, John, you seem you, to have feelings. Do you, well, about this. Do, you, do you guys feel like there was a, a, a like an anti-fob kind of? Um, well, how about I should say like I want to add a little bit because oh, I won't seem like a terrible person. I, 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 <laughs> quick, quick, change the change the scene. Um, I think that when I just think about like my parents, like I wouldn't ever want anybody to feel like. Um, just by virtue of them being immigrants that they're like annoying or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I think I, like I said, like I don't like look down on them any more than I look down on other people in like annoyance or whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. I, I, I wonder like, what was the culture? Was there some kind of like pro or anti fob culture at, at your school when Cause like, I feel like everything, all the feelings I have about that are basically come from elementary school and high school. Um, and you feel like, well, I, because, because there were, there was kind of an anti thing, you know, but, but on the other hand, like so many people, so many people like students at the school where I went to high school and elementary school were first, second generation, you know? And so, um, Were, were they the people engaging in that though? I mean, usually like they were a little a little bit like it was a little yeah kind of like they they would say oh yeah that's so fobby you know like Hmm. you know like when i use the word it's more of a designation than it is an insult and so that's why i use it a little more freely than than like maybe i should because i don't really see it necessarily as being like derogatory Mm -hmm. i just see it as like a classification of like this is a person who recently immigrated from asia and primarily speaks in their language and not in English. And so they're kind of like a different like group of people that I don't hang out with. Yeah. But when it's used, sorry, um, when it's used though, like it's kind of like a separation, right? Not, and not just like a, Oh, that's really fobby or like, Oh, that's really Asian. You know, like it's kind of like, I mean, at least when I say it, like, oh, that's so fobby, you know, like it, it's there's an exasperation. There's also like kind of a nostalgic, like, haha, or something like, you know, like, it, but even it still with, has that like, like our friends, like Nini, who was born in China, like sometimes she'll, I mean, and she wasn't you know, she born in Buffalo. No, wait, sorry. She has the scar. She has a scar. When she was young, they lived there, I think. But the fob um, scar. But, oh, like, no. sometimes she'll say, yeah. like, expressions that would be, like, very fobby, you know, when translated into English. One time she was like, yeah, man, that knife was so fast. You know? Which, like, I what, think what translated, knife? like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what kind? Like, in the kitchen or, like, Yeah, like, in the kitchen. Oh, okay. Like, cutting a piece of bread. Like, that like knife, knife was, was really so fast. fast oh. You know? Oh. Rather than, like, that knife was really sharp. Ooh, can I, I... Oh, I see, I see. One thing that I picked up from, and I don't know where my parents got it from, but close the light. 
Yeah. That's actually mm. a very Fabi thing. And I think I was like, well, it has to do with the circuit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> sure. It's just like you don't say on or off, turn on and off yeah. the light. You say close or open, which. Yeah. Uh. But you know what? Like to, to go back to Seiko's question, like I think like, you know, that was sort of like how John said, like impressions and beliefs I got when I was very like in a very Asian community whereas like now brought into a larger community like I'm more like look f- more fondly upon like immigrants because I'm surrounded more by non-immigrants you know mm. and so I feel like I need to like identify with them or like defend them in some ways you know and mm-hmm. yeah I mean like I haven't even really used that word I only use that word like occasionally when I run into people from the, that I went to high school with because I feel like whenever whenever I was in high school, it was always some kind of derogatory thing. Like even mm. when people talking about themselves or about their parents, they would say that to, like you said, try to distance themselves from that kind of a situation, you know, mm-hmm. and to acknowledge that that's, that's other or like, yeah, I do that, but I shouldn't, you know, and I, I don't use that word anywhere because I don't, I don't want to give the people who I hang out with now who are mostly not Asian. I don't want to give them any ammunition. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like it in, in the race battle, yeah. yeah that you know one is in all the time being in a minority not to get too militant about it but i mean like you know there's a there's a a, a tension always mm-hmm. like especially in tech theater where like almost everyone is white oh. like i would run into that all the time <laughs> oh. people would oh. <laughs> but you know like or, or like yeah. or, you know like it it's like entertainment in general is mostly white and so like a lot of people would hone in on the most different thing about me or the most apparently different thing about me, which is my Asian-ness. And I'm like, like, okay, well, it's kind of nice to be noticed, but at the same time, like, ugh, you know? I just called, got called twice by the name of the other Asian girl. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that happens to me all the time, too. It's yeah. really, it sucks, you know? <laughs> like, twice in, like, a I stopped hours. laughing at their jokes. Like, it's not <laughs> a joke. It was, an, no, it was a mistake. No, 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 like, that mistake. But, like, in the workplace, when people say, like, isn't that like an Asian thing or like, Oh, here you're Asian. You're good at math. And I'm just like, Oh my mm-hmm. God. I'm just like, I look at them and I'm like, Oh, did you expect me to laugh? Cause I'm not, I'm not gonna I know. Like sometimes, sometimes you want to be cool about it and you want to be good natured and like show that you have a sense of humor and you can take it. But sometimes it's just not funny. And it's just like, Oh, it's just so the, boring and tired. The bigger offense is not being funny. <laughs> I would say so too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, like so, try a little harder. Yeah. You know? It's like, so like I've, yeah yeah i agree with that um yeah and and i so when i when i think about going back to like the, the fob thing or like asians from asia thing i, I feel like the, there was kind of a stigma against it when i went to high school even though it was like or just such a big part of people's lives you know and i don't even but i also feel like an outsider to it too you know because mm-hmm. i have a very i'm fourth generation japanese american and i feel like that in particular is is like very far away from that you know so 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 i feel like i i don't i i can't relate to like i don't have any ownership of it and so for me to 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 use it or to have you know you know well you know what i mean i feel like an outsider from it and so i feel like i can't engage with the valuation of it and so i just i don't like the word and um, and it, it makes me feel, uh, I feel, I feel bad thinking about how people were disrespected for, for, um, carrying on quote fobbish behavior or fosbish behavior. In <laughs> high Sometimes school. it makes me feel Good homesick. Callback. Like it's kind of like, it's like a term that I enjoy only because it reminds me of like, hmm. 
like high school and how like that's just one of the words we used and now I'm in this bigger world where there aren't as many Asians and they wouldn't know that word or I'd have and to explain what it talk. means to them. And there, yeah, there's something you know. comforting about that. Yeah. Because like it's when I use it, you understand what I mean and mm-hmm. you understand the context because we're all understand my attitude and you know, all yeah. that stuff. So the other thing too is, um, I just, with the fobbiness and the idea of fobs, like we feel like we are responsible for this word partly because we're Asian and Asians always have to like group mentality. Do white people care what other Europeans are classified? Like do white people go, Oh my gosh, the Germans again, you know, like, no, they don't. They, no, I don't think that you can or Italians. I feel like they don't feel responsible for the behavior of, um, European travelers like, or tourists or people who are recently immigrated to America from Europe. I just don't think there's the same kind of associations. And partly it's because it's this individual Western idea of, you know, but I wonder, I, yeah, I, I feel like you're right, but I also feel like you could be wrong. Yeah. I would yeah, feel... maybe because I, but, I, but I, I, I haven't heard anything about, you know, like, like, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, I, like but... sometimes, okay. How, here's an example. Like my ex-boyfriend, his mom, his dad was like white. His mom was, um, Italian, maybe like second generation or something like that. And so then like, and his mom was always really emotional and like cry at the drop of a hat and like really like, you know, dramatic things, fits. And then one time I was even talking to his dad on the phone because all this drama was happening. And he was like, I don't know. Maybe it's because she's Italian and da 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 you know? So like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe. but the, the thing is, it's like, it's never a hugely negative thing the way that you know, the way that we think of fobs. Yeah. Like, and mostly it's negative things. And for us, for us, it's nostalgic. I can't speak for white people. I don't know. Wait, we're not allowed to speak for white people? You know, (laughs) I don't know what, like, um, what biases they have about different, like, you know, European cultures and stuff like that. Like, I just can't. I can only speak, you know, for my. Yeah. But they, they also don't think of themselves as coming from Europe. You can't say that, Vanessa. I just, I just don't think that you can say that. What do you think, John? We'll have to do a survey. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I do think that there is a difference because I feel, ugh, again, these are all feelings. Wait, stereotype, stereotype. stereotype. I, I, I feel, I feel like there is a difference, and the difference is in the media, in that if you are, if you can pass as white, there are things that you don't necessarily think about all the time that you do if you don't see a lot of your your face on tv you know in the media if you if you're not like the default culture then i feel like there are things that you don't necessarily have to worry about or that there's a privilege involved you know and that i think part of that privilege is not being associated with the process of how you got to america because that was pilgrims right whether you're italian or Ellis or, Island. Ellis but, Island, yeah, but I mean, I, I feel like Ellis Island is not like a a really a really vital part of white culture hmm. today. You know, people don't really think about that. Whereas, if you're Asian, like your people are gonna always be like, "So where did you grow up?" And what they mean is like, "Where you were in here." <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like that's a thing, and which is not a thing in white culture. Hmm. But I don't know what that means to white people. We should have a white person in here. Has that not happened yet? It's happened. Uh, no, it hasn't. Uh, no, it has 
Absolutely no, not. I guess not, huh? I've, I was going to say Kristen, but she doesn't really count. No. <laughs> She's Hoppa. I mean, yeah. Count for anything. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> Just kidding. I love she's, you. She's sorry. I love you. She didn't mean it. Man, you're going to have to make her so many wings now. <laughs> she doesn't. I don't think she eats meat. Oh, dang. Okay. I hope that that was helpful for you. They go, well, we hey. went crazy at the end. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> thanks. That was, thanks, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. Thank, Thank you, you audio engineer. Thanks, thanks for letting thanks. us like talk you through things so that we could talk ourselves through things. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It was a group effort. It was... It, it was uh, it was my way of giving back for you talking through things so I could think through things silently in my car listening to you. <laughs> there you go. That happened. We should just do like an all in like high five like we're just like hands yeah. to it. Oh. <laughs> Sweaty I'll be at hands. The and I were no, right no. there. I'm at the bottom. Let's go splash it. Can I, can I be at the top? <laughs> splash some. Can we just high five across the table? Ready, ready, ready. One, two, three. Oh, splash zone. Uh, All right, well, thank you, everybody. Sound designer likes it. <laughs> We're just going to start mewling like kittens. Let's just do cat meows. Meow. 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 Meow.